Bon appétit. Yummy. Grubs up. Delicious. Mmm. You're listening to the Palace Foods Podcast. I'm Sharon Noonan, and today I'm talking to the Palace Foods Development Chef, Colin Greensmith, about menu planning for small cafes. Bon appétit. Yummy. Grubs up. Delicious. Mmm. Colin, today we're going to talk about the practicalities whenever it comes to menu planning for small cafes. What tips do you have for people? Sharon, there's lots. You have to look at at menu planning, I suppose, from, from two points of view. First of all, you have the practicalities which are what you can actually realistically achieve within your business. Um, and unfortunately, secondary, then you have to start looking at food and, and what types of ingredients to use to achieve what's practical in your, in your restaurant or in your cafe. Because at the end of the day, it is all about making money and achieving margins. Absolutely. And it's something we do on a day-to-day basis in the, in the development kitchen in Newcastle West. Um, our, main, our main function down there are what we call business reviews. And these essentially are menu planning and menu development sessions with hotels and restaurants that come to see us. Um, I suppose an awful lot of it when people come down, they have, they have uh, a certain idea for themselves of what they want to achieve when they revamp their menus or when they plan a new menu. Um, and when they come down to us, then we can see what the realities of it are and what's achievable and what's not. What are the biggest mistakes that people tend to make whenever it comes to menu planning? Um, realistically, the biggest mistakes people would make are where they'll try and put something on that isn't achievable for their staff. Um, there's a lot of thought that has to go in from a, from a planning point of view before you, you put something on a menu. Um, first of all, is it achievable and can your staff execute what's required of this menu um, and can it be presented to the customer in the way that you envision? Um, you have to think about your kitchen and what your kitchen is capable of, of producing as well because in a lot of ga- cases with cafes, you can be tight on space, um, you can be tight on storage and whatever you, whatever you want to put on has to be achievable and it has to t- take those practicalities into account. Again, the size of menu as well. People can look at a menu and they can say, crikey, yeah, I'd love to have X, Y and Z on. And sometimes the workload is just too much. Um, it generates wastage as well, which is something that people forget. We like to think of, or we like to advise people to keep menus tight and use a core group of ingredients. And that way, wastage is at a minimum. And the amount of stock you're carrying is at a menu, minimum. And the amount of outlay for you to produce the menu is at a minimum as well. Um, again, then you're looking at things like, are you going to satisfy and excite your customer base? Because essentially, that's who's going to that's who's going to judge your menu. It's not whether you're very happy with what you have on. It's whether you can get people in, and they're going to be repeat customers because of a new menu. And also, does it meet the price expectation for the area that you're in? Um, that's a huge thing, because you know we see people coming down all the time and, and super ideas about what they want to put on the menu, but the price just isn't achievable. Um, they can't produce it at a price that will meet their customer base. So they're just some of the things that that we come across. So those are the practicalities. And then whenever it comes to food, what advice would you give to somebody whenever they're putting the menu together? I suppose first and foremost is to keep costs in mind. Um, We have customers who, you know, it's a very simple one. I met a guy yesterday and we were doing a follow-up and he'd put something as simple as porridge on a cafe menu. And he said, crikey, porridge is, is great. It's cheap and cheerful. It has a good margin. But he'd underestimated the amount of milk, which was going to be the most expensive ingredient going into the porridge, because he wanted to use milk and cream, and he wanted it to be quite luxurious. The milk and cream were, you know, twice the price of the oats that were actually going into the porridge. Of course, so if, he'd been, like that. if he'd been making it with water, it would have been a different Absolutely. story. Absolutely, but if he was making it with water as well, you don't get the natural sweetness that comes out of the milk and mm-hmm. cream, and, and you know, the flavour isn't the there. The flavours, exactly, and, and the sense of luxury about something simple like that. So it's keeping costs in mind. Um, again, we often we, we would always 
try and encourage people to think about cost proportion as well and not be looking at the cost of something coming in per kilo. Do your homework um, before you, you change your menu. Make each thing that you're planning on putting on and break it down to cost proportion because on the flip side, something can look very expensive when you're looking at a kilo price for it. But actually, when you break down the amount of that product that you need for a portion, it can actually be quite affordable. So on both sides, costs, costs just have to be looked at. Um, again, following on from that, using the best ingredients that you when you can afford. Some people, uh, I think, using dairy products and cheese products is a great example. We would always um, encourage people, you know, to use the, the best product that they can. Um, so something like, for example, a farmhouse cheese on a, on something like a sandwich, even or, or something like a quiche. Instead of using a regular cheddar, you could use a, a, a farmhouse cheese or an artisan cheese. When you break it down to cost proportion, that can actually be very, very affordable. So it's a case of using the best that you can and the best you, that you can afford, and also making sure that your your menu is varied and that it's interesting. You know, there's something a little bit different on there. I always say that a menu can be broken down into 80-20, where 80% is still going to be your tried and trusted. But that 20% can be where you bring in the extra customers. So using new ingredients, if it's for a cafe, a new type of sandwich, a new twist on a soup, you know, there's nothing to say that you can't still have a, a vegetable soup on a menu. But you could make something like a, a fennel cream to garnish it, and suddenly you have an extra element and something that sounds more interesting. You're still pleasing the 80% that like to try and trust it, but you've got an extra little twist for the 20% of people that might be more adventurous. And then there's a lot of people out there that are health conscious at the moment. Absolutely. Um, and, you know, people are scared by, by trying to put something that is, I suppose, healthy and offers offers something to that, that type of customer. Um, but I always think that healthy eating is, eating is very, very simple. You know, it's simple food. So it's, 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 a, it's a protein element, be it a, a piece of chicken or a piece of beef and a fresh vegetable ingredient. So, I mean, if you follow those principles, that is, that is healthy eating. So, you know, using not necessarily low fat or not necessarily being intimidated by calorie counts and things like that, but just using fresh ingredients and using them simply, I find that naturally leads into a healthy eating ethos anyway. Um, to give you an example, there's there's uh, people at the moment that are on high protein diets. So if you were to take someone in a cafe that was doing a, a burrito wrap or something like that, you know, they could uh, use rice as an ingredient in the wrap, which would uh, be be full of carbohydrates for people that are on a on a on a health kick and that are on I suppose a, a a bodybuilding for example or an exercise an exercise regime. You can put pinto beans into it or kidney beans into it, which is a high protein um, ingredient, and also just using a simple chicken or a simple beef or a simple pork, which is increasing your protein, um, keeping the mayonnaise to a minimum, and using a tomato-based salsa. Again, it's all very healthy. It's low fat. You're limiting cheese and you're offering a, a variety of ingredients into something like that as well. There are a number of people out there now with food allergies or intolerances, which can kind of complicate things quite a lot for a, a small business owner whenever it comes mm-hmm. to their menu. What advice would you give in that situation? I would say keep it very simple and do your research. There is actually nothing intimidating about somebody coming in, you know, in, into your restaurant who has got special dietary requirements. Uh, we often see customers who are saying, crikey, you know, I'm, I'm actually petrified in case a celiac will come in or I'm petrified in case a vegan comes in. You know, it's, it's nothing to be intimidated by once you have your homework done. Um, again, one of the tips we have for the, the, the celiac community and for people catering for the celiac community is that you just keep your your utensils boxed away in a little Tupperware box or one of those big toy boxes you get and keep it sealed. And that way when somebody does come in, you have your gluten-free ingredients, you have your gluten-free bread. Um, all your fruit and vegetables are going to be gluten-free anyway. Um, the vast majority of items that you would find in a deli now cater for 
gluten-free customers. So it's just a case of educating yourself, knowing what is and isn't gluten-free and having separate utensils, a separate toaster for toast and toasted sandwiches and that that stuff is all just boxed away. Um, essentially, it's common sense and that's a huge part of it. But people do get intimidated when they hear it and the easiest way to avoid the intimidation is just to educate yourself and become au fait with, with what the requirements are. And obviously educate your staff as well. Make sure that they know what is gluten-free and what has nuts in it and, and what not so that there's no room for error there. Absolutely. I mean, in, in a number of places that I've worked before, we used to do an hour every week of staff training. And it was specifically for that type of thing, where one week it might be, you might be covering dietary requirements, you might be covering the ingredients that go into your key lines, um, you might be covering what the fantastic things were, what the fantastic USPs were about your the particular beef that you use or the particular chicken that you use. And that's something I'd advocate to everybody, is that you spend a little bit of time every week covering staff training on a specific topic. Because it's one of the things that um, I think when you go into a restaurant and you ask somebody front of house, what's in dish A, B or C? and the panic look on the face and rushing off to the kitchen. It's fantastic if somebody can speak confidently back to you and explain exactly what's in, what dishes, and by extension then having the knowledge to be comfortable to talk about what's nut-free, what's gluten-free, you know, what's vegan, what's suitable for vegetarians, etc. That inspires confidence in the customer at that time, doesn't it? Absolutely, and it encourages your front-of-house people to interact as well with your customers, which I think is fantastic. It's, it's, it's what you want. It's what you want people to be comfortable and able to talk and able to interact with, with your customers out front-of-house. So that part of the training and that part of menu planning training is very, very important. What about current trends, food trends, items that are in trend or in vogue at the moment? How does that affect a menu? Um, I always think that your core menu shouldn't be relying on what's in vogue. Your core menu should be relying on what you do well. And by extension, you can have a few items that are hitting the trends as well. Then, you know, like the great tre- trends of the past 18 months to two years has been the, the whole Mexican the whole Mexican food trend where we've had to pull pork and we've had to pull beef and all the various types of wraps and burritos. Um, I think unless you're in a very specialised business, that's not going to be your core menu. Um, there's going to be a trend towards Scandinavian food and healthy eating. I think it certainly should make up an element of your menu, but it's something that you should allow yourself the freedom to chop and change um, and interswap these ideas and these trends. So be it through a specials board or a, special, or a certain section of your menu. Um, oftentimes, if people take control of printing their own menu, they have the freedom to drop these things in and, and take them out as, as applies. Uh, one of the great things that's going to be happening, we think, in the next 12 to 18 months in, in terms of cafes is a, a nod back towards classical French, so back towards what we've all known, so our traditional soups and our traditional meats and simple things done well. And I think that should be the core of anyone's menu and then just have room for the trends. It's important to leave room for change and to be flexible. Absolutely. And again, like I said, the menu board, or sorry, the specials board should allow you that, that you can chop and change and drip feed things in, you know. And again, it's a great way of, of, of trying new things for your menu as well. If you have something coming up and you're saying, Craig, you might try, you know, a certain dish, you can pop it in your specials board and try it out in advance on customers and get their feedback. And again, another thing, if you are using a, a different type of ingredient, for example, if you were going to start using a pastrami or, or to do a duck wrap or something like that, it's great to, to do sampling as well and get your, your customers' feedback and, and uh, I suppose, take away the intimidation from the customer's point of view as well. How often should a cafe owner be looking at their menu and making sure everything works on it and taking off what doesn't work on it and revising it? In an ideal world, you're looking at it seasonally. Um, when the seasons change and you're going from, you know, you're going into springtime and food should be getting lighter. 
and vice versa when you're heading into the winter months food will be getting heavier and far more comforting I think seasonally is a fantastic way to do it um, it's not always practical and it's not always possible for somebody to do it that, that way but I would say certainly once every six months without doubt once a year they should be looking at what their core lines were um, again people who have um, very modern till systems their tills will tell them what their menu is and, and, and how, how their menu is performing their tills will tell them what's popular and what's not popular um, I think one of the mistakes people make when they start out is they want to be all things to all men and you'll find huge long menus you know with vast amounts of food in it um, again after 12 months they're saying you know there's only 12 items they're actually selling out of maybe 25 lines on the menu so I think that's a great uh, indicator so certainly an annual review but don't be afraid to use specials throughout the season or to use specials as the seasons change and that would certainly be a big piece of advice if listeners want to get in touch with Palace Foods to find out more about the business reviews, where's the best place for them to go? Um, they have a number of avenues. They can contact us on info at palacefoods.eu if they want to send a direct email. Uh, our customers can contact their local reps who will fill them in on, on what the procedure is to get a business review book, booked and pop down to see us. Or they can contact me directly at colin-greensmith at palacefoods.eu. Colin, great to talk to you today. Thank you, Sharon. Bon appétit. Yummy. Grubs up. Delicious. Mmm.